Our meditation for this second Sunday in Advent is on our Gospel reading, Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. Hear the word of our Lord. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some things can show you who you really are. Let's say you are going on a drive with your two-year-old child somewhere out in the woods. A deer runs out and you are unable to hit the brakes in time. Bam! Car crashed. The deer dies, but your car is now totaled. It's so destroyed, in fact, that a fire breaks out in the engine and it flares up into a roaring flame. You are terrified in that moment that the fire will spread to the fuel line, causing an even more dangerous blaze. Death is a real risk. That moment, when you come to the realization that your vehicle could kill you, will show you who you really are. If you decide to make a run for it immediately, you will forever remember that you are a coward that let their child die. If you decide to risk everything to save your child, then you will know that you have a heroic side to you when the chips are down. The day our Lord Jesus returns is going to be the final revealing moment in all of history. Everyone's reactions to the second advent will reveal exactly who they truly are, no exceptions. And it will turn out that there are only two reactions to his return, and thus only two kinds of people the damned, and the saints. One camp will faint, and the other will celebrate. I suspect that everyone who faints on Judgment Day is one of the damned. Our Lord Jesus says they are in perplexity, not understanding the times and signs. Perhaps there will be baptized children who are saved, yet fearful, but these are not the ones our Lord is talking about. No, the great shaking of the powers that be is going to confuse and terrify those who know that they are unfaithful, 
the men and women who have spent all their time avoiding Christ like the plague and playing mind games with themselves to pretend they are good people. Their confusion will turn to terror when they realize the jig is up and they cannot fool themselves any longer. Such cannot be you, O Christian. We are commanded here to look at the fig tree, to be discerning of the times, to keep a sharp eye out for the signs that Christ said will appear before his return. We are called to be aware and to act the same way as a farmer knows his seasons by the plants around him. We are instructed to be watchful, head on a swivel, ready at all times by living a life that is pleasing to our Lord. But what exactly are the signs? Are we all called to be stargazers looking for disturbances in the sky? Are we supposed to be oceanographers blankly looking at the ocean to see if the waves get too big? I doubt it. Sure, there may well be a time in which the celestial bodies and the waters and the earth all begin to freak out, and we are the only ones who understand the great event coming that reveals who we truly are. But I am convinced that the bulk of being awake and aware of the signs is wrapped up in understanding the expansion of wickedness. Throughout the Gospels, our Lord Jesus tells us that the end times are marked by persecution, apostasy, false religions, and terrible wars all over. Matthew 24 verses 9 through 14 is the best summary. In other words, a mass presence of those who will faint on Judgment Day. The number one sign of impending apocalypse is that we will be surrounded on all sides by wicked unbelievers, men and women of the lowest moral fiber. We will be swamped with the hedonists, the drunkards, the pill-poppers, and deadbeats. We will feel overwhelmed by the skeptics, the cultists, the atheists, and the pagans. We will be drowning in the sexually immoral, the degenerates, the pornolators, and fornicators. We will be in danger from the revolutionaries, the terrorists, the oppressors, and the sectarians of all stripes. We will be in a situation... Well, a situation that mirrors everything we are seeing here in the year of our Lord, 2022. The signs are all there, aren't they? Yes, I can unironically tell you that Judgment Day approaches. I would be very surprised if we were not living in the very tail end of the last days, with Christ's return being far nearer than it ever has been in history. Evangelical theologians have been reading their newspapers since the Cold War started, trying to discern whether one geopolitical event or another is a fulfillment of this prophecy or that, but they forgot to read the culture section of the papers to see these signs. They have been so busy trying their best to play foreign policy expert when all this time the wars and rumors of wars are just a symptom of the apostasy that really tells us how close we are. It never took a detective to understand how evil this age is. It never took someone greatly informed on every single aspect of world history to figure this out. As man slides further into moral rot, as he rebuilds Sodom, Gomorrah, and Babel, the closer he is to judgment. 
But in this, we have two responses. The first ought to be shame. Because in the midst of this slide into wickedness, into the nearness of the final day, haven't we joined in? Christ commands us to watch, lest we be weighed down by carousing, fighting, and drunkenness. Christian, have you been getting drunk? Christian, have you been obsessed with your day job? Oh, Christian, have you been delirious at the state of things to the point where you cannot pray? Do you do as the non-believers do? Ask yourself this. I have, and I have been guilty of all these things before. It terrified me when I first engaged in that self-reflection. Those who will faint from fear are the ones who know better than to live and believe as they do. But they are first confused because they have played these mind games on themselves to suppress the truth, per Romans 1 verse 18. This is not the case with you and I, beloved. We know and understand the truth of the gospel, so we skip the confusion part and go right into fear, if indeed we are weighed down. Christ says that upon his return we must look up, but you cannot do so with the weight of sin and depravity upon your neck. Can you bring your eyes to gaze upon heaven when you have a yoke around that neck of yours called drunkenness? Can you raise your hands in prayer when you are weighed down by the shackles of worldly affairs? It seems to me that if we truly examine our lives, it becomes apparent that none of us are ready, awake, watchful, or aware. Our sins weigh us down. Can we truly look up on that day? I should hope that you can. There are two types of people, the saint and the damned, precisely because Jesus Christ holds one of two offices for each individual. When he returns, he returns either as your redeemer or as your judge. He is going to judge those who will be cast into hell, but redeem those who have faith in him. He tells us to look up because our redemption is drawing near. Our deliverance. Deliverance from what? Deliverance from all evil, including our own. Do not forget, beloved, your redemption draws near because your Redeemer draws near. The one who died on a cross so that all your sins are forgiven. If you joined in with the rest of the world in their wickedness, there is still forgiveness offered to you. If you have found yourself being unready for what is coming, weighing yourself down with the cares and temptations of the world, he freely offers to take these weights off of you. Thankfully, the separation between the damned and the saint is not whether the saint was entirely ready. The separation is whether one believes in the Christ who died for him and accepts the mercy offered. Our Savior has spent the last 2,000 years telling people to put their faith in him. It is not a command in the same sense as the Ten Commandments. Faith is not a work, beloved. It is responding to and accepting an invitation. Beloved, that invitation is here for you every day. Because of our sins, we will never fully be ready for Christ's return, but he promises to get us prepared anyway.
the scriptures promise that we can always go to our Lord for forgiveness and he will grant it to us. As St. John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Beloved, by cleansing us from unrighteousness, that means he removes the weights that keep our heads down in shame. At Judgment Day, we may rightly raise our heads and rejoice that our redemption is drawing near. We can confidently stand before our Lord on that day and be reassured of our entrance into the new heavens and new earth. We rightly fear our Father, for he disciplines his children. But at the same time, we trust in his mercies and love him for the salvation which he has sworn to give us. Christian, look up. Your salvation is nearer than it ever has been. But at the same time, we must stay awake and pray for strength. Of course, when our Lord says, stay awake at all times, he is not commanding us to forego physical sleep. He is telling us to be diligent in matters of faith and Christian life. Those who have faith in him do well to keep away from entangling sin and heavy cares, because these things are a hindrance to faith, though not destroyers of it. They will be steadfast in prayer. They will ask for strength, especially strength of character and discipline, that they may be all the more assured of their salvation. They will watch themselves with proper self-reflection to keep tabs on how their sanctification is going and to know when it is time for confession. Let us be awake, beloved. Let us take our stand on account of the great deliverance which is promised to us, that we may look up at the skies from which our Lord shall come and smile, boldly standing as prepared men, unchained, not weighted down by anything which seeks to destroy us. By prayer and earnest faith, we will have this strength to stand. Now the peace of our Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.